All right, welcome to another episode of The Coiling Solution, where we look to empower you with awareness and actionable insights. You know, when I think about leadership, I think about two truisms. One, every leader wants growth. In fact, if we're honest, every leader wants transformational growth, top line, bottom line, and all between the lines. And every leader, the second truism, every leader has to face a set of challenges as they work towards that growth. Global challenges, industry-specific challenges, and those inside the companies. And one of the things I always think about is trying to focus on the circle of control. Focus on those things that you can control. And sometimes I think about that serenity prayer, if you know what that means, if you ever heard of it. God grant me the serenity to accept things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And one of those things that you can change if you're a leader is employee engagement. That's one of the biggest things inside your circle of control inside of an organization is employee engagement. And so joining me tonight to discuss the topic of employee engagement is a good friend of mine, Christine Quinn. So let me take a moment to first welcome Christine Quinn. Christine, welcome to The Coiling Solution. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks, James. Thanks for being here. And now let me officially introduce Christine Quinn. Christine J. Quinn, PhD, is a certified executive and team coach, a motivational speaker, an organizational development expert who works with entrepreneurs and senior and mid-level leaders of mid to large-sized organizations. She's a lifelong learner of employee engagement, understanding the research and applying it to co-creating high-performance teams. Christine brings practical, fresh perspectives to organizations. She will empower you and your teams to unleash your talents, achieve success, and be fulfilled. Christine has over 25 years of leadership experience and has held several senior leadership positions. She is the CEO of Christine J. Quinn, Inc., and she's just a cool person to know. So, again, Christine, <laughs> welcome to the Cool Link Solution. Good to have you. Thank you. Great to be here. So, you know, one of the things I like to ask people to do is tell folks something that people who know you think they know you, but they might not know about you. I would say that many people who know me, especially professionally, um, would never guess that I am first-generation college educated, hmm. um, that I grew up on a farm. Um, and so the opportunity for higher ed and for me to have a PhD, um, was probably totally unheard of and certainly not on my parents' radar the day that I was born. Um, but I am an opportunist and along the way, the doors have opened. Uh, a lot of good people have helped me and my parents taught me to work hard till you get what you want. And so that has allowed me to do that. Yeah. Now, where'd you grow up on a farm? Um, actually in rural Wisconsin, near La Crosse, Wisconsin, which is on the western uh, border of Wisconsin and Minnesota. Gotcha. 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 And what has led you to this point of work? You know, when I think about employee engagement and your focus on it, to become an expert in it, to spend so much time on it, what led you to devoting so much time to employee engagement? So one of my values is relationship. Mm -hmm. And so throughout my lifetime, um, I've engaged with a lot of people on different levels. And at the heart of employee engagement is relationship and the yeah. connection that people have with each other, with the organization, and certainly with the leader or the manager. 
Um, so I would say that's where it started. However, as a leader, I would say one of the things that I found to be very effective for me was to work with and through people, mm -hmm. which is very much at the heart of engagement. And so I did a lot of experimenting when I was a new leader um, and found that engagement was an effective strategy for me. And with that, you know, it's been very interesting because I've developed some really cool relationships with people mm -hmm. that have been long lasting long after I left the roles that I was in. And so I could see firsthand how valuable engagement was yeah. and how we could get results when we worked together and appeared as who we really are authentically. Yeah. Now for the, you know, I've been looking at employee engagement for a long time. I've had teams of, of various sizes and, I can't remember exactly when, but I feel like I've been watching the Gallup polls for quite a long time. So I'm very familiar with the numbers. But for the uninitiated, what proof would you offer that employee engagement makes a difference? So like you, I always go to Gallup as sort of my go-to source for research. Um, and they've done a lot of research in terms of what engagement levels are. But they've also done research in terms of what is the connection between engagement and productivity. Mm -hmm. And the high engagement companies and organizations have been found to be at least 22% more productive than those who are not highly engaged. Um, another source is the um, Harvard Business Review has done research that's found that organizations that are high in engagement have double the rate of success as those that do not. Mm -hmm. um, there's also research that talks about creativity and innovation being higher in highly engaged. Uh, the other factor that's connected to important in today's environment, especially with so many experiencing high levels of stress as a result of the pandemic and what's happening in our world. Yeah. Yeah, those, those are good points. Very good points. And, you know, and one of the things I, I think about, too, you know, when I used to look at some of the engagement numbers is the fact that uh, sometimes we get focused on our own internal surveys. We look at the incremental gains and we think we did well, but we still sometimes lose sight of the absolute numbers. So you go, you know, so you work with your HR team and such and you say, how we do year over year in, in the employee polling? Oh, the engagement numbers went up by, you know, 10 percent. Awesome. Right. And you go, okay, right. wait a minute. What right. what are the absolute numbers? <laughs> you go, well, 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 let's talk about that, right. right? Because we kind of talked about the Gallup numbers and how the Gallup numbers around engagement went up right. post-pandemic, right? So in May, when they re-evaluated, it was up to 38% uh, of the population in the U.S. working population is engaged. right? And you think, oh, it's the highest ever. That should be great. Well, then let's really think about it, mm -hmm. right? There's like 13% that are actively disengaged, right? So they're working against you right. intentionally, right? And then you have this 49% who are not engaged, who are just kind of, you know, going through the motions day in and day out. I think that we spend way too much time with our work to not really be connected with our work mm -hmm. and to be able to contribute our best. Absolutely. Um, and so 38% is not a very good number Absolutely. as I look at it. Yeah. Right. And if absolutely no, I totally agree. I mean, if you're if you're a leader thinking through this or a manager, think I mean, just think about that. If you have 10 people that uh roughly a third are engaged and then you have uh a third or, or let's call it a little bit more than that, right? So the next five people who are disengaged, mm -hmm. right? Um and let's mm -hmm. define disengaged. I don't know. They're hanging out, they're waiting for the next opportunity to check their Facebook page, send a tweet, check their Instagram, 
play some Candy Crush, uh, etc. And then actively disengage. This is the one I started paying attention to probably about two years ago when the book um, It's the Manager came out by Gallup. Because that's the first time I seen him really dig into the actively disengage. They defined them, if I remember correctly, as people who are actively working against your initiatives and strategies. So not just on the side, hanging out at the coffee machine and whatnot. They are actively working against you, right? Mm-hmm. So as your leader, mm-hmm. you have to be thinking about that. Um, and then if you want to turn this in a positive direction, mm-hmm. just think of it this way. How can you be helping people get to where they need to get to, uh, either inside your organization or otherwise, so that they can be engaged in what they want to be engaged in? That's right. That's absolutely right. Um, and I have to say that I was somewhat a slow learner about those that were actively disengaged mm. because you as the leader aren't always aware of them. Yeah. Uh, but the more you listen, they're the ones that leave the meeting and talk behind your back. Yeah. And then later they're not able to meet deadlines, for example. Right. And so they're digging their heels in and mm. working uh, against you. And you're absolutely right is maybe they're better fit for a different kind of organization yeah. or a different kind of Leadership. They're the host of the meetings after the meetings, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. They're the host. Absolutely, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. So how would and, you, and you get, go ahead? Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, and you see them. You know, their door goes shut. That's right. And that's somebody right. Somebody goes inviting in, everybody right? in. Somebody come in. Come in. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> They're pinging yeah. everybody. Come on in. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. That's I've got right. donuts. We need. We need to debrief. <laughs> <laughs> so how would you describe the current state of employee engagement? So, like I said, um, engagement has increased as a result of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think part of that is good because I think what's happened is the pandemic itself gave people a common vision. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's really important to engagement is people moving in a common direction, right? All rowing together. The pandemic itself said, okay. We need to work together to get through this, right? And so people came together. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I'm seeing is that employers and leaders have been much more intentional about staying connected with their people. You know, the organizations I've been working with, you know, many of them still have daily check-ins and if not a couple times a week. And that makes a difference with people just to kind of check in where they might actually be. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my clients today told me about uh, a daily vibe check. And it's actually a little survey of about three questions. And the team members respond to that. And anonymously, the information goes in. And at the end of the week, they look at what themes came up. And so the manager knows what's going on. But the other interesting point that he shared is that people felt good knowing that they might not be the only ones that were sometimes struggling. Ah, and so, uh, and so isn't that interesting hmm. that they invested in knowing on a very regular basis where the team was at? That's interesting. And part, of, you know, part of that is because working remote is new for so many teams. Right, right. Uh, but at the same time, that's kind of a silver lining in my mind. Yeah. Right. So, is do you that think that's a, the value? So that's interesting. So, is the, is it you think that's standing in the gap for? the nonverbals that can happen in the office that you pick up those things. And now that you don't have the, you know, the benefit of nonverbals, that sharing of information is helped filling in some of that gap. Do you think that's what's happening there? Um, I would say, I think it's filling some of the gap, but I don't think it's filling all of the gap. Sure. Sure. Um, sure. Because the, the people that I've been talking to continue to say, Oh, but we miss 
I'm going to call it the water cooler chat, sure. right? Or the beginning and after meetings. Or today, one of my clients said, you know, I used to just go for a walk with my so-and-so, right? My mm-hmm. VP. Um, and we would talk about our kids and we talk about our parents and we talk about work, right? Right. Well, that's building relationship too. And that's hard when we're in a virtual environment. Yes. And the the one thing that they pointed out too was if we have existing relationships, it's a little bit easier for us to transfer those to the virtual environment. But people who are onboarding during the pandemic, starting working remote, are having a harder time than those that have had some face-to-face experience. Mm. And that seems to make sense to me as well. People who are starting doing it, having a, have a harder time yeah. onboarding. Yes. Got it. Got yeah. it. They weren't able yeah. to have those uh, relationship uh, connections. Got right. it. Right. Got it. Right. Okay. Yeah. I think with that, though, that we're in a space where we really have to experiment and figure out how do we fill some of those gaps. Yes. It's not going to be the same, but we need to experiment and try some different kinds of things. Absolutely. So now, given your experience in this area, guiding leaders through this, helping build teams, both personally as a leader, and then now having spent so much time guiding other leaders through this, help us understand how to think about some of the tried and true methods for improving employee engagement. What are some of the things that you're seeing that are, you know, have been tried and true, but now you have these new things that are showing up and, you know, I always take caution when new things show up, right? Because it's so easy to turn and run to this new thing mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. also you want, you know, some steadfastness in the things that have worked, right? And some balance in between there. Right. What's your counsel? Right, right. So, so what I'd like to say is that there are some tried and true. However, the context in the environment today is no longer like it was in the past. Mm-hmm. And so we need to build on the tried and true, but also be very cognizant of how we might need to approach it differently. Mm-hmm. And it's similar to the conversation we were just having. So let me give you an example. So one of them is authenticity. So we know that in employee engagement, first and foremost, is the role of the leader mm-hmm. and the leader showing up authentically who they are. Um, their vulnerabilities, their courageousness, all of that. Um, And to be true and to create trust and relationship with individuals. I'm not going to say that that's not important today because it still is, Mm -hmm. but I think leaders need to take it a step further and Mm. build on that authenticity to be a true change agent. Uh, Because what's happening is leaders need to help their employees understand the new environment and the new ways that they're going to need to approach this new world. So more of a shift from this authenticity to be a more of a change agent. Got it. Correct. 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 So maybe I can give you an example. Um, So um, I have a client who is working with a team and it's interesting because it's changed over time. So let's think about the first four weeks of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. right? So organizations, and this organization in particular, was moving all remotely. Everybody was in the office pretty much before, and now everybody was remote, okay? And so what she said had happened is it was just like everything continued, but we are Zooming from one meeting to the other, right? Mm-hmm. So we hadn't really shifted. And at about week four, stress started to increase, right? People are saying, oh, I'm really drained. What, you know, what's happening here? And so the leader said, I knew at that point that they were giving me the message that I really needed to rethink 
how we were approaching the group, switched some things up, did daily check-ins, did some fun things, did some professional development things, and also help people focus on what was priority. Gotcha. Because I think that that's the big issue as well. Um, one of my clients referred to it as, I'm a marathoner. But guess what? At about week 12, she was getting tired. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we can't be marathoners when it comes to being totally in a virtual world if we're doing it the same way we did it before. Yes, totally makes sense. Totally right? makes sense. So that's the change agent piece of it. Okay. So that's one of the five, because I know we talked about five proven uh, methods, uh, if you right. will, or five proven ways to talk about this uh, to form right. proven employee engagement. Okay, great. Keep going. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, so so another is that leaders have typically been the creators of vision or have worked with organizations to create vision and continue to message that vision, correct? Okay. However, for many organizations today, the vision is a little bit ambiguous uh, because their market may be changing, their customer needs may be changing, and so the future is a little bit uncertain. But yet the employees need to be hopeful. Right. So from being the keeper of the vision and reiterating the vision to the one that instills hope. So hope is the important component in today's environment. Um, so that individuals and employees can focus on the opportunity and the priorities. Mm. And let me give you an example. Um, so I am working with a social entre enterprise that works with entrepreneurs of color. And predominantly what they had done before was get resources, financial resources in particular, for these entrepreneurs. And that was predominantly their role. Mm -hmm. But what had happened when the pandemic came is that these entrepreneurs, many of them closed, right, for at least a period of time where, you know, the stay-at-home um, regulations came into play. And so many of them closed. They were concerned that many were facing financial difficulties. So this social enterprise had to pivot and really rethink what is valuable now to these entrepreneurs and have totally rethought how they connect with those entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and are providing technical assistance, again, to give them hope, right, and to help them find opportunity. And in some cases, technical assistance to understand their customers. And in some cases, to find financial resources to be able to modify their business to meet the new needs of their customers. Yeah. Now, if I'm so a, that would be an example. No, that's a great example. And if I'm a leader listening, right, to a certain extent, I can see a leader saying, well, if I'm sharing a vision correctly, aren't I instilling hope? How would you, how would you differentiate, you know, give me, give me some, um, descriptors that really, you know what I mean, differentiate that, you know, that line of demarcation from vision over to hope. Right, right. So I think what I'm seeing in today's environment is that the vision is unclear. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when the vision is unclear, we need to at least give our teams hope. Got it. Right. Uh, okay. We're going to get through uh, it together. Right. Yeah, and yeah. we're going to create this new vision that we have, which may be modifying your previous vision. Got it. So no, it's almost much. to me. Okay. So when I take it that way, when I hear it that way, I almost hear like agile on steroids, right? Yes. We won't know necessarily what next week, next week is going to be, but we need to be focused on the mission. We may not That's have right. the vision associated Correct. with the mission just yet. 
Correct. Got it. Correct. Got it. Correct. That's that's good. Correct. That's really good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so then another aspect is learning and development. Uh, so all of the pretty much the engagement surveys that I'm aware of have a component about does my organization invest in me? And many leaders historically would say, oh, you know, we're going to send our people to workshops. They're going to go to conferences. Well, not all of those are available today, mm -hmm. right? Um, there are a lot of online webinars, probably more than ever before. Um, however, we need to think about different ways for people to learn mm -hmm. um, while also advancing the organizations. And so I refer to that as experiment. Yes. Um, experiment with new ways of doing it. Stakes are low. Continually evaluate. Is it working? Is it not working? Um, so I think that experimentation is almost a new way of being. And, you know, that would link to agile thinking and agile processes Absolutely. as well. One right? of my favorite right. words uh, over the past several months, because I just think the word experimentation takes a lot of pressure off people. Right. Yeah. Uh, it helps people because there's a lot of different words we've, we've often used, but something about the word experimentation helps people feel like um, I don't have to get it perfect, perfectly the right. first time. Uh, and this right. may change. Right. Yes. I used to refer to it as a pilot. Let's do yeah. a pilot. Let's do a pilot. Right? Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And people get on and quicker than, OK, now we have to have thought through this complete change and checked out all of the possibilities. Well, by that time, your market has changed and your need of your customers have changed. So, right. So, so I think experimentation is very much needed in today's environment. Yes. Um, an you. example, a team that I'm working with, a small thing was meetings. Okay. Um, how do we integrate some professional development into these meetings, mm -hmm. but make it relevant? And so I just asked the team, so what do we need? And so at one point, several of them were involved in negotiating contracts, new contracts for services, and they all needed to go to leadership and create a case for why this vendor or that vendor was the one to select and build their case. Right. And so we had a half hour presentation on building a case and stating your position. And it was, and it was presented by one of the people on the team. Right. And, you know, another time we did, how do we meditate, right? So the self-care piece, but they managed the agenda for that. Mm -hmm. And so it's been short, it's been brief, but they're learning and growing and they're doing it together and for each other. That is great. That's a great example. Thank you. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, so another um, aspect of employee engagement has always been collaboration. Um, and I think that that continues to be important, but I prefer now in today's environment, co-creator. Hmm. Um, because we need to work together. Um, I, I think of in particular, one of my clients who found herself to be a co-lead on a crisis management team for a large organization. And as you can imagine, many of the things that they were faced with, um, they have not encountered before. Sure. And, and with that, they also needed to make decisions very quickly. And so they relied on their team. And we're continually creating, moving to implementation, evaluating, changing along the way. And so whether it's managing the crisis or it's co-creating our new vision or where we're going, co-creation is important, but it's also a key part to engagement, right? 
Because in engagement, it's the relationship to the work and to the organization Mm -hmm. and that the individuals can see themselves in that organization and what they contribute. If I'm a co-creator, I'm more likely to be able to see that and then see how my work connects to that. And do you feel like the word co-creation, and I don't don't want to just say the word, the the, um, position, if you will, or the activity versus collaborator do you feel like collaborator feels more like uh i've been invited i've been invited to play along versus co-creator means i've been invited to have a full seat at the table and and similar very very much similar authority yeah yeah that's very well said that's very well said yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and there's something exciting about creating something new as well right sure good i have an important role we're doing something new we're in our uncharted waters Got it. So that's the co-creation. Co-creation. Which, I mean, right. when you think about that, too, and the connect, the connectivity to the points you just talked about, right? The um, experimentation, the instilling hope, there's a lot of connectivity between those uh, different pieces. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, just to help myself remember, I use the word check. And the C is for the change agent. The H is for instilling the hope. Mm -hmm. The E is for experiment. The C is for co-creation. And then the last one is kindness. Um, And I would say that that is important no matter what the environment is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what I'm seeing emerging is a greater need for interdependence. And I think if we're going to be interdependent, we need to be humble. We need to be open and we need to be kind to each other. And that the kindness will allow us to have conversations that maybe we don't always have. And those conversations are either related to the pandemic or the social struggles that we're currently having. Yeah, that's good. Now, the kindness one is- Because those are our people minds. Yeah. The kindness one is interesting to me, um, probably because, well, I was going to go through my disc profile, my Enneagram. I'm not going to go through all that, but- <laughs> I'll just, I'll are just, you and I? <laughs> uh yeah no i'm an s uh i'm an s i i'm an s very close to i and very close to the the middle but i i've been i've been feeling like over the past several years civility has been on a downward trend right just generally speaking civility in and of itself and to 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 the extent that we've become more almost what's the word i'm looking for desensitized to the lack of civility in some cases so when you say the word kind, it's almost like a shock to the system to a certain degree, right? Now, I'll give you an example. I remember when I first, uh, we first moved to Chicago and we were staying out in one of the suburbs and, you know, coming from Philadelphia, um, people don't, in the Philadelphia area, and, and please, audience that's listening, feel free to disagree with me. I dare you to send me a note of disagree, <laughs> a disagreement. Um, roughly, for the most part, don't speak to each other like, on the streets and whatnot to strangers, right? It's, it's not, you know, so when I got to Chicago, we walked through the mall one day and somebody said, you know, good morning. And we like looked and like, are you speaking to us? You know, good morning. We, you know, what? And somebody else did it. You know, good morning, morning, morning. What? Wait. <laughs> and uh, so we were in Chicago for like three years and then we moved to Dallas, Texas, right? It was even more so, right? People speaking, good morning, good evening, it's like weird. And, and we got used to it. I got used to it, Christine, right? So now you're like five years out of Philly. Was come back to Philly once a month. We moved back to Philly in 2018. So I get off the plane. We're coming home and whatnot. I'm, oh, no. What am I doing? 
How you doing? Good morning. My wife says to me, what are you doing? <laughs> We're back. <laughs> so you think there's geographic regional differences? There are definitely some differences, right? But yeah, overall, yes. I would just say, I would argue that, uh, kidding aside, overall, that civility has um, tapered down overall would be my, you know, I hate to overgeneralize, but I would just say, yes, um, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that one. I would, you know, I invite the challenges that civility has tapered down over the last several years. And so when I hear the word kind, I welcome kind, uh, but it feels like a shock to the overall system a little bit. And having grown up in one of those environments where you talk to people on the street and you're encouraged to be kind, um, I see the need, but part of me says, why do we have to teach people how to be kind? Mm. Because that was a value that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as you know, I've started the nonprofit Living Kindness. Yes. And the purpose of Living Kindness is to increase awareness of kindness and eradicate incivility. Right. So I totally get it. And I think it's another way to talk about incivility from another perspective. And that it starts with kindness and it's small acts. It may be one person at a time. Mm-hmm. And I also want us to continue to see the role of kindness in leadership. And what I would say is that, especially during the pandemic, there are a lot of employees that have a lot of stressors outside of work. You know, let's think about it. You know, how many of us have been on Zoom meetings? And have now met people's children, their cats, their dogs, right? Maybe their elderly parents are now with them. Um, They have lots of responsibilities, right? And they may not share those with us, but we can be kind. Yes. That is the one thing. Give them the benefit of the knowledge. Yeah. That is the one thing I would say that, um, in fairness, in tough times, tough times level the playing field and we see the best of us in tough times, right? Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. kindness and things like that can show up almost like, you know, the holidays, right? We, we see miraculous things happen. Right. And we you see, I mean, let's be honest, we see miraculous things every day. And I, I don't, don't worry, I don't have a picture of gloom and doom. I'm just saying right. Uh, right. On, the, on the whole, on the average, right? We could use a lot more kindness. So this is great. I love this check acronym. So let me try to recap, if I've got this correctly, these five proven uh, ways to increase employee engagement, this check acronym. So one, the change agent and that shift, the shift to from vision to hope to mm-hmm. experiment from learning development to the experimentation, from collaborating to co-creating and uh, from creating a vision. I'm sorry. What was the last one? The from kind, kind, be kind, be oh, kind. Yeah, yeah. Be kind, be kind. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Christine, this was really um, helpful and insightful. And I think this is going to help leaders, uh, whether you're a first time leader uh, picking up a new team, one of the things to do early on is instill this sense of engagement that it's important to you or whether you've been in a role for a while and you're even higher up in the hierarchy, um, don't take it for granted. To the extent that you can help move your employee engagement dial, you will see the numbers uh, move all across your P&L in the directions that you want them to. So, uh, Christine, thanks right. for sharing this. Yeah, and you know what I would say about that too is it's not like we can go away to a one-week workshop mm. and come back an engaged leader. We need to be courageous and continue to build our skills. Um, 
Several of my clients through coaching have developed and honed those skills. So that's another opportunity. Uh, but be, like I say, be courageous, experiment, put your best self out there. Absolutely. Well, you heard it, guys, first from Miss Christine Quinn, your engagement expert right here on The Coiling Solution. As always, guys, thank you. Love to hear your thoughts. We're here to share on any topic uh, and take your questions. You can always share them with me on any platform that you're listening on to the com- in the comment section or drop me an email, James Rousseau at The Coiling Solution. And also, please begin to visit the special resource page on thecoilingsolution.com forward slash resources. And as always, my ask, if you enjoyed the podcast, think it's a value, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button, leave a small review, and we'll see you next time. Until then, remember, you're informed, be empowered, be accountable. Talk to you soon.